0: We Thrive. I am Sandra Primo and I'm Tammy Salas and we are the Unruffled. Hello Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show
1: by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the Unruffled Podcast.
0: And that's not it. You can share our show on social media, or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now, on to the show. Good morning, Sandra. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I just got back from a run. It Mm. is 9 a.m. here, and... I always say that about this time in Austin, like it'll get up to, you know, it'll get up to over hundred degrees today, but, um, about this time, late August, um, it's like fall starts to give you a little kiss behind the bleachers, <laughs> it's just like a I like little, that a little tiny bit of dry air, cool air in the mornings that just, you just know it's coming. It's going to be another 45 days Uh of a hundred degrees, but you get a little glimpse of it in the mornings. Getting a little kiss on the cheek. Yes. Yes. A little flirt.
1: (laughs) I like that. We have a similar, well, I don't know if it's similar, but yeah, there's these flowers called the pink naked ladies. Ooh. that come up mid August. And when they come up, you know, it's almost time to go back to school. Mm-hmm. You know, that fall is coming. Um, summer's not over, but cause I know summer's not over till you know, late September, but it feels like summer is coming to a close. It's like, it's the warning nice. sign. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. They're so beautiful. I like to take pictures of them and kind of enjoy them. It's, we bought our house, um, we came to see our house in August and we bought it and closed on it in September. So the flowers always remind me kind of of moving to Valley Ford 14 years ago and buying the house. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. So, yeah, it's coming too here. Um, although it's hotter than freaking hell here. Um, yeah, Friday it was 100. Well, last night I went into town, it was 107. Mm. So that was at 5 o'clock 30. Mm that's hot for us out here.
0: Yeah. I bet you guys aren't used to that kind of heat. Yeah. No, no. So, um, anything you want to promote
1: at the top of the show before we kind of get into
0: it? Uh, sure. Um, still accepting clients for change your story as we, as we just said, fall is coming. Mm, Yes. (laughs) And even though our kids maybe aren't back in school physically, uh, still may feel like you might have a little more space and time to devote to yourself and your recovery or your evolution. Um, And so I'd love to work with you. If that speaks to you, Um, I have a program called Change Your Story. It's a four-week program where um, we answer those questions like, okay, I'm, I'm newly sober or I'm going, I'm on the teeter-totter, but I'm still asking the question now, what, you know? And, um, so we, uh, discuss, um, structures and practices that can bolster or build a foundation for a solid recovery. And you can find that on theunruffle.com, uh, click work with me, change your story and there's a big, long description of that and, and a button where you can sign up. Mm, that's awesome. What about you? Yeah, that's a good time. Fall to begin, to begin that work,
1: kind of dig yep. back into self-care and taking care of ourselves and changing things. I like that. Um, not much for me. I'm just wrapping up my training for gray area, drinking, coaching, and I'm writing copy for my offers. So, um, I think I'm going to take, a, I don't know, two to four clients in September, and uh, the best way to find out about all of this is going to be my newsletter. So you can sign up for that at Tammy Nice.
0: That's that. Oh, so today
1: I'm so, I I, I want to just, I tell a little bit of how this ha- came to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to tell that? No, go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, you know, we're, working ladies and moms and just like all of you that are listening, I'm sure busy, busy women. And we were trying to figure out a topic for today and we were texting back and forth last night about what it might be. And it kind of evolved into, I'm like, Sandra, you don't, you don't go to 12 step meetings anymore.
0: And she was like, Nope, no. I was
1: like, well, how, how do I not know this? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I don't know how you don't know it. <laughs> I was thinking, well, I don't know. Maybe you didn't ask, or I think I've said it, but I don't know. Maybe I haven't, you know, I haven't come out with some big dramatic statement right. or anything. It hasn't right. been um, grandiose exit or anything. Yeah. And I knew that you were doing different
1: things. I just was, I don't know. I just, I didn't ask. Yeah. I didn't ask. <laughs> and I just assumed you were doing your thing. And I, I made the assumption that you were still going to 12 step meetings because I don't, I don't remember you saying that you had stopped going. So I knew that you were doing all of these other wonderful things to complement your recovery. And I guess I just thought it was in addition to, so I'm like, how have are we hosting the show? And <laughs> I, my friend who I talk to every week that I don't know that. And, um, I don't know. I thought about it last night, Sandra. when we said, yeah, like, that's definitely what we're going to talk about. And, uh, I, th- I thought about it last night and I thought that's just because it doesn't define us. I right. Go get our recovery. W- whereas in the beginning for me, um, well, I don't even know if in the beginning for me,
0: no, see it didn't for me. And that's part of my
1: story, I think. Yeah. yeah. So today, what I'm going to do is I, I'm going to kind of take our listeners down a little path, and, and you will as well, Sandra, of just mm-hmm. talking about the evolution of your recovery. And so I'm more sure. going to kind of be interviewing you a little bit. I remember we did this in the very beginning. Do you remember uh-huh. how nerve wracking it was when we interviewed each other?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And our listeners have given us feedback, and I really always appreciate it when they like when we just talk to one another. So right. I thought it would be fun to ask Sandra kind of her evolution, she's six plus years sober and
0: it doesn't, it's
1: not linear.
0: No. The recovery
1: is not linear.
0: And so- No, it's not. And And it won't be linear going forward mm-hmm. either. So that's why I don't like to make real definitive statements. Right. Because I know that it'll change.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it has. And so when I started thinking about witnessing you and watching you of course and and for me not to ask the question uh sometimes I do that because I I want to respect someone's privacy but oftentimes I do it because I figure like the person's going to tell me when they're ready and I feel like I mean not that you haven't been ready like I just didn't ask and that's sometimes uh that's on me. (laughs) So I get to ask today, which I'm excited about. And I think it'll be helpful for women listening. At least I hope it will be that. Yeah. You don't have to do just one way of your recovery and that you have a voice and you have, um, what is your word that you picked for the year? What agency?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You do have agency and you, um, Eventually, you learn to trust yourself
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and that you're making good decisions for yourself. Yeah.
1: Okay. So for our listeners who are either new or newer to the podcast, or maybe have not listened all the way back to episode two, I think it was you. Right. Two two (laughs) or three was the episode number. Uh, When you got sober, what was all... (laughs) what was the impetus for you? (laughs) What was it like at the end of your drinking? You know, that what was the impetus for you to get into recovery? Well, I yeah, go go there from there. And then just maybe you take me on this journey and I'm, I'm going to jump in too.
0: Sure. And I mean, I'll give the cliff notes, but I, I hit a bottom and, and, you know, like, like many of us have, and I hit, that was one of many, wasn't the first, don't know why it was the last, um, except that I felt like I had a spiritual experience and I've said this many times but um for whatever reason uh, I woke up at two a m like I had every morning for eight hundred mornings in a row i I don't really i can't i've lost count um, but I woke up drenched in my own sweat and just cried out in in my head to whoever was listening i don't know how i'm going to do this but i can't do this anymore and i fell back to sleep somehow restless sleep i'm sure and when i got up that morning i had some kind of resolve i don't i i can't i don't know how to describe it but i had some kind of resolve um but at that point, I wasn't seeking outside of myself. I was just going inward. And for the, what that looked like for me was, you know, grabbing a journal and a pen and, and just starting, starting to put my thoughts down on paper. And um, I kind of went that way. I kept like a calendar and I put a heart at the end of every day that I didn't drink. And I, um, uh, I kind of had some self-talk where I set, I don't know if it was really a goal, but I, I, it was more like a, a resolve that I was going to get through a year without drinking. You know, I'm a, an adult, I'm 45 years old, surely I can not do something for a year and, If I didn't feel any better at the end of the year, I was going to allow myself to go back to drinking. Um, But of course, that's bold, Sandra. So it's just a bold right there. I was done. Yeah, I was. Yeah, like they say, sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was just absolutely at the end of myself. Yeah, I'd run out of options, and I you know, I had tried so hard to keep alcohol in my life and every which way, you know, modifying my drinking, moderating my drinking. Um, you know, I tried every, having kids, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> everything. Right. Did, did you have heavy
1: consequences in the end or
0: was it just really that your soul was just like wrung out? Oh, I had consequences. Well, I was on the borderline of having consequences, put it that way. I was one step, one wrong move Mm -hmm. (laughs) from having a ton of consequences. I mean, I pushed the limit. I drove drunk. I, I, you know, drank, um, you know, while I was the primary caretaker of my children. Yeah. Um, uh, My husband was done. Mm -hmm. So I was on, I was just one, just one inch away from, uh, just severe consequences. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was having physical consequences as well. Um, just, you know, all kinds, all kinds. And they, and they, um, they were internal and they, you know, of course they, they, they hit, they, they came out of me. (laughs) They, they were outwardly, outward consequences as well. So
1: just to pause for just a second. So when you woke up that morning, Sandra, like you, you definitely, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but like a dark night of the soul, right? You have this kind of, you know, that things have to change. You wake up that morning. You're in your journal, in your writing. Does it feel, does it feel new? Does it feel like you're going to really like, do you believe
0: yourself that first day? I didn't. And the reason why I can tell you that I knew I didn't is because I didn't tell anyone.
1: Mm. Whereas
0: before every other time that I had said I was done, I, you know, made some either big, bold statement to my husband or a friend or, you know, some, some, you know, made some kind of proclamation. Mm -hmm. And this time I didn't because I didn't want to let myself down again. Right. And uh, so I kept it to myself until um, I had about 30 days, maybe, maybe a little more. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, you know, the first person I, um, you know, spoke to about it at all was my husband. And I was like, have you noticed that I haven't had anything to drink? (laughs) for 30 days. Mm -hmm. It's like, uh, yeah, how could I not?
1: Mm,
0: Right. (laughs) Notice.
1: (laughs) Right. But he hadn't hadn't said anything. He was kind of quietly
0: observing you because he probably didn't want to be let down again either. Sure. And so, um, you know, he he knew the pattern. Yeah.
1: So where did you, where did you, as they say, push off from, where did you, where did you go with that?
0: Well, I just kept doing that. I just kept doing that. Of course, when I got to a hundred days, as you might expect, um, you know, I, it's not like I was saying, no, this is forever, but I thought, I I think I, I already know, I have a feeling I know how I'm going to feel at the end of a year and I'm going to feel too good to go back. And so at that point I got pretty willing to try whatever, um, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, to keep my to keep going. Okay. And um at that point I hadn't considered AA at all because I thought why would anybody walk into a room of people they didn't know without being drunk? I mean, I thought that was stupid. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and uh so about four months sober, I had coffee with a friend. Um who I knew was that worked the program and uh, she convinced me to give a women's meeting a try. Mm-hmm. I did. And um, I started going and I, you know, did all the things. I mean, I'm, you know, fast forwarding a bit, but I did the things I, I got a sponsor. I worked the steps. Um, and you know, the steps Working the steps, that was an invaluable tool for me mm-hmm. in my recovery. Um I worked through uh, some things that I never thought i I would process. I got myself out of victimhood first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some forgiveness for some people in my life that I didn't think I'd ever forgive. Um, I would have told you they were the reason why I drank, yeah, and um. That was, I don't, I can't even imagine getting through that with such efficiency um, in therapy, you know, or, or any other way. Right. Because it's kind of laid out, right? Like if
1: if you, and, and did you have just a question Because I think this comes up or it's been coming up lately um, that I've been thinking about with newcomers or people who quote unquote, don't get it in the rooms, like when people say, oh, they just don't get it. Well, I think, did you have um, a lot of trauma or anything, any kind of trauma that you had to deal with um, early on? Like Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that can prevent people from working the steps, I think. And it doesn't sound like you did because you did work them, but.
0: Okay. Well, I did, but I will say that I put that aside Mm -hmm. at the time. Right Now that I have six years of sobriety, I feel differently about that. Okay. So I have changed uh, my thoughts around that and I've changed my sensitivity around that, but I did do a bit of compartmentalization. Okay. Yeah. I feel like you have to.
1: A little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just a little bit, not, not totally checking it out and putting everything up on a shelf, but to get through the steps, you kind of like to get the base foundation. You kind of just, let's just do this as best we can with what we have right here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For me, I did. And I mean, in, in working the steps of AA specifically, I had to, and I'll tell you my thoughts about that. I, I could, I could not I did not have words. I don't, apparently don't have words right now. I didn't have words around what, um, what I was doing uh, about the compartmentalizing and, mm-hmm. and all of that. I didn't have language for it then. Um, I do now, um, it, you know, I have thoughts about it now, you know, now I, I see that there's a lot of dogma and language in patriarchy, um, in the program, that it never, you know, it, and because of that, it didn't feel like a fit. So I had to compartmentalize, but I did not have that language for it then. Right. If I understand makes sense. that. Oh, it totally makes sense. Yeah. A, a yeah, book written
1: way back when by men for men. Right. About ego crushing.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah. We had to as a woman reading the big book, you have to kind of go, okay, that's all right. I'm not going to pay attention to that. And that doesn't really speak to me and to the wives, you know, all the, all the chapters in the books and things that you have to, you do have to kind of compartmentalize. You're doing it without knowing that you're doing it. You're just agreeing to kind of move forward.
0: Right. Because, you know, I I mean, the women, the, the, the reasons why men and women drink are different. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and the big book does not address that at all. Um, you know, like you said, you know, men aren't most likely drinking over sexual trauma. (laughs) You know, they're not drinking over internal or external oppression. Mm -hmm. Um, they're not drinking over oppressive systems (laughs) you know, they're not, those are not the things that they're drinking over. And, 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 or codependency even, you know, men aren't typically, um, the ones considered codependent. And, um, so we, we fundamentally have different reasons now. Yes, we are all filling a hole. We're all using it as a coping strategy or mechanism or tool. Um, but our, our reasons are different I agree. and, and the big book doesn't address that.
1: Right. So, but it helped you, you, you kind of just walk the walk that you said, okay, I'm signing up for this. I found a sponsor. I'm going to do the 12 steps. You did the work and you do feel like that was
0: valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but like I said, at the same time, I, you know, and the whole time I was, the whole time I was going to meetings with a sponsor, doing the steps, all of this, I always felt like I kind of had one foot in and one foot out. And I've said that before Mm -hmm. on the podcast, I've always felt like that. And I don't know if it's because, you know, it's not how I got sober. I didn't walk into the rooms on day one. Um, I didn't think it was the only thing that kept me sober. Um, and you know, I never, ever said that it, I never considered it as like the foundation of my recovery.
1: Hmm. It was just a piece. Like it was a component. It
0: was a piece. Right. Yeah. But not, yeah. The, not the whole story.
1: Now I w did you stop working with your sponsor at mm-hmm. some point?
0: Yeah. We got through the steps and we were kind of, you know, we, we, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you could, you knew you could call on her if you needed it. Right. Sure. But that you just were like, I got that done. I'm just trying to understand because I think it's just kind of, I think there's a lot of fear, um, And language around fear of of leaving the program, right? And I don't necessarily know if you want to get into that. I don't think you do, but you can if you want. But I mean, there is a lot of fear of like, if you leave, you will drink. And there's a lot of people who've been in the program for a really long time that have a lot of language around that. And I, I don't appreciate that or like it or agree with it. So I'm just, I like how, I'm just curious and I like how you've done your recovery. So I'm just curious, like, how did that, did that just like kind of naturally fall away for you, your sponsor and then meetings or how did that work?
0: Well, yeah, I I guess it just kind of phased out. I (laughs) I mean, I just, it phased out. I mean, honestly, I, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think I'm just as vulnerable to alcohol and just as equipped whether I'm in or out. Mm-hmm. of, of a 12 step program. I ultimately think it's an inside job. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, so yeah. And, and I mean, there's other reasons too why, um, I kind of phased it out, but you know, my sponsor told me in the very beginning, this is a program for living now, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, I don't, it, I, I, maybe I took that out of context than, than how she meant it, (laughs) but I took that statement and said, Hey, I, I get this. Um, I, cause the other element of, of it for me is that the boredom and repetitiveness that can go on in, um, a meeting that you attend often is stifling for me. It is absolutely stifling for me. And maybe that's my personality, but I can't, I can only evolve so much in that space. Right. When there's so much emphasis on the past. When you say that, Sandra, that's very, very true.
1: That's very, very true. I am a person who thrives on routine and repetitiveness. I So for me, it does speak to me. But I what I really admire and like about, about many people's recovery, but yours in particular, is that you started to get to know yourself well enough, and maybe you always had, uh, that you knew that that wasn't going to work for your personality type, or for the way that you uh, need to be stimulated intellectually, or Uh, that you just were like, I don't think that's going to work. Yes. And that that self-awareness is because you are sober and because you are living and you are paying attention to your own life.
0: Oh, yes. If this was a different, yeah, if I hadn't gotten sober and then gotten more clarity and healthier, um, my codependency, my need to please other people, not hurt feelings, whatever. That would be just be raging in the situation. (laughs) And so, yes, you're right. I mean, getting sober was essential to knowing this about myself and not second guessing it. Yeah. And that's what I think is so, that's, I think kind of just really to highlight that
1: the 12 steps are this path. It's this way. And it's this um, understanding that you get to know yourself, you get to know your motives, you get to know your behaviors, you get to change them, you get to have choice. It's building up all of these things, right? And then if you do make the choice that that's not for you anymore, and that you, you are taking what you want, and you're leaving the rest, as they say, it can be pretty, it can be kind of a big deal. You know, it can be kind of this little controversy, like, Oh, you know, I've heard really horrible things said, like, if you leave, you're going to drink. And I don't like that talk. Does that, I don't like at all when, when people say that in meetings.
0: Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't believe that. And it creates this sort of dependency or, you know, it, it, it keeps you in sort of a victim, a victim stance, mm-hmm. I think. Um, Yeah. And, and, and for me, I have to create, like, I I just have to, I have to always be evolving. It, it, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that I'm just, you know, completely doing 180s all the time, but I have to be, um, I have to be in a space where I'm creating a new reality for myself. And if I'm always living in the past and if I'm always paying a penance Mm -hmm. for my past, um, then there's a, there's a ceiling to my growth.
1: That's a good way to put it, Sandra.
0: And that you're, and again, because you're not drinking,
1: because you have clarity, because you are coming into alignment, you recognize this, right? You recognize this with yourself and you, and you took care of yourself by going, yeah. by, 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 you know, taking, you know, I don't know if it was a why in the road, but you took a different, you were slowly kind of taking and like creating your own recovery. Is that, is that fair to say?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Uh, you mentioned, you know, that, old chestnut, you know, take what you need and leave the rest. I think Mm -hmm. what eventually happened was what I was leaving far outweighed what I was taking, but it was a slow, it was a slow tip of the scale Hmm. until, you know, at some point it was like, you know, I was leaving 90% and only taking 10. So it, Mm -hmm. it just eventually became just not really, I mean, practically in practical matters, just not a good use of my time. Right. I mean, I think, you know, I can now take my sobriety and still be a model, um, for what's possible Mm -hmm. for women outside of the rooms. I can do that. Um, in other spaces. And that's, what's so beautiful too, because I think the
1: whole idea of not staying anonymous and recovering out loud or whatever the phrases are for it. Like, I, I feel like that's what got me sober was listening to women who were doing things differently. And some people do 12 step programs and some people don't. And I think you, um, Again, just the, just kind of gracefully going through it, and like you said, not making any big proclamations. You're just accepting your evolution, and um, and I think that's how can that not be a good thing, right? To really listen to yourself when we were just numbing ourselves out before. So yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, and like and like you said, it was an evolution. It's not like I woke up one day feeling like completely empowered either. You know, I had my, you know, there was a, there was a lot of, I had to listen to all the voices in my head, including the one that was, um, saying, you know, you're disappointing people, you're doing this wrong, Mm -hmm. you're not following the rules. (laughs) Sure. And, um, but ultimately my guiding, true intuition knew what was right for me yeah well
1: it seems like a for me just outside looking in Sandra. please correct me if i'm wrong again but a few summers ago maybe three maybe maybe the summer we started this podcast uh, i think you started getting more into the enneagram and i remember or maybe it was the following summer. But either way, you were you were really into the books. You were really reading everything. You were really connecting dots there. Mm-hmm. And that's when I felt like I felt a little um pivot for you mm-hmm. from, from witnessing you and you paying more attention to that about yourself. Talking right. about being and talking about like what that what you need for that. It seemed like you were really getting in tune with you. It, you read a ton of books that summer, if I recall. Well, you always do, but mm-hmm. I mean, um But it felt like you were kind of doing this, your own education of yourself.
0: That's true. And I think also talking to Natha Campanella and just feeling, um, you know, it's helpful. I think when you're doing the self-exploration, um, you get some out, a little outside validation. It's like, okay, I'm not crazy. These are, um... Uh, you know, these thoughts are valid and um, I'm going to keep moving in that direction.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Not that just for our listeners who don't know, she's an astrologer that came on the show sober as well and gave Sandra and I readings uh, two years ago, uh, May, June, two years ago for the show. And we did a, we interviewed her and she read our charts. And I would agree with you that that was a turning point. Mm -hmm. Um, I might have gone in a different direction or it it turned me to, you know, onto some new things as well. But I think you're right. That was kind of this, that we could, what was already in us, in the stars, how we were made. I, you know, it, she revealed some things without, with just reading our charts that -hmm. really felt profound.
0: Yeah. And yeah, right. And she is also a life coach too. So she's even more than just an astrologer. She can actually give you some really good guidance. Um, but you know, it's not surprising because I drank for two decades plus, Mm. um, it's not surprising that I had so much self doubt Mm. that I couldn't trust my voice, my own voice or my intuition or my knowings. Um, it that's, it's not surprising. I had to learn that skill. Right. uh, in
1: practical terms. It's like we're going back to school, but it's for ourselves, right? We're finding out what makes us tick and reminding ourselves because I think we, we knew, but somewhere along the way with drinking and life and being on kind of that hamster wheel, I forgot what really lit me up. Yeah. And I know you have so many passions, right? And you have so many talents and you have so many ways that you express yourself um creatively and in life <clears throat> so of course it makes sense to me that you would do that with your recovery
0: yeah you're right yeah, i mean how natural. you do one thing is how you do everything <laughs> right and so right. it that is uh, that is true but again you know that is something i had to change my story about mm-hmm. because my old story was you can't stay focused you can't you can't you can't focus on one thing and do it, do it well. Um, You know, that, that was an old story um, that I used to abuse and sabotage myself. And, um, and, and I can, I had to change my story about that. No, that is me. And that's what makes me unique and loved and, you know, even effective as a, as a, teacher and a and a mentor. And
1: I think story, because you are a writer, Sandra, that's the name of your program too, is Change Your Story. It very much is your, you know, your experience. I think that in the rooms, you're right. Like there's stories of the past that are meant to help people, but sometimes it can feel really stuck. And it right. can feel like I heard the other day, you know, um, what was it? there's a little saying in the rooms, share the message, not the mess. And that can feel a little judgy. Sometimes people could take it that way, but I got what it meant. Like you also like speak from the scar, not the wound, I guess is another way to, to say it. Like share the solution
0: <sighs> and not right. stay in the problem. I mean, Absolutely. right. I mean, and that's, and I'm, and I'm just, you know, speaking from my experience, but there's a lot of, problem and not a lot of solutions sometimes, um, in 12 step meetings. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's just plain and simple. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think we try to focus on. And I think that's what drew us to each other too, even though we are very different and, um, but we come together on that. Like, I don't want to stay stuck in the problem. I don't want to stay stuck in the story. And uh, we'll get to me next week. Anyhow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So you're having this evolution, Natha, uh, Enneagram. Tell me, so then are you following your curiosity like you do with everything, Sandra? Are you following oh, your curiosity yeah. spiritually, like trying to go down these paths and
0: seeing what sticks for you and what what resonates? You know, I think that nothing is a mistake either. Um, I think that... Following your curiosity or your breadcrumbs is a divine intervention <laughs> um, and you know maybe that's a little woo for some people, but i um I think that things ideas, books, podcasts paths are put in front of you for a reason, and um yeah i pick them up i do um so i uh yeah i feel like that that is um that's another way for me to connect to my higher power is Mm -hmm. to not deny um my curiosity if that makes sense
1: absolutely Yeah, we're not, it's interesting because with your intuition or your higher power or highest self or like God, whatever we want to call it, um, I found that from that session with Natha, when she talked to me about my intuition, I had been stamping that thing down since, or tamping that thing down since um, I was seven, right? Mm -hmm. Just not fully listening to it. And in recovery, it just seems like you get to own it more you get to say, I'm going to bring that out. I don't, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to talk about my Enneagram. I'm not afraid to talk about astrology. I'm not afraid to talk about woo. And that, that, that seems honest, right? Like I'm curious about this. I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. Yeah. And yeah. That, I'm not saying that's not what 12 step is or that's not how it's done or that's too outside, you know, outside of the, you know, what the program or whatever. I I just feel like that is why you get sober.
0: Right. And, and you're, and you're right. And in doing so it helped me get more clear about um, my recovery and my Mm -hmm. needs for my recovery um, that I do need it to be viewed through a more holistic lens. Like I've, you know, talked about, um, in the last couple of episodes, like I, um, I can't just, um, care for my hand, left hand. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have to care for the whole, the whole, my whole being. And for me, that includes, um, you know, what I'm eating how I'm moving my body, how I care for my mind and my spirit. Um, so it's, it's like a whole, it's a, it's an entire package.
1: Well, and how could it not be right? But in the beginning, like you, I think you have to have your head down a little bit, right? You're just head down. Let's just not drink. And then the rest of this sure. gets to open
0: up to you. Right? Sure. But I, I, you know, it's, True, but I I I I explored that um I naturally moved in a holistic way. Intuitively, I was answering my body's needs. Now, yes, I was um shoving candy down my throat, (laughs) but I was going for a walk every day. I was getting outside and moving my body every day because I couldn't not do it. Um, I was, um, feeding an intellectual need right away because I couldn't not do it. Like I, like I intuitively knew, okay, this is, these are the ways I'm going to fill this hole
1: Mm.
0: now. Um, And it wasn't just not drinking. (laughs) It wasn't just abstinence.
1: I'd have to think about that. And I will for next week because you're you're right. Like (laughs) intuition, like the, the, but even feeding myself chocolate every day at four o'clock, Sandra, when I stopped drinking, that was intuitive too. My body knew I needed sugar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right? I don't know that I pause long enough to think about those things. I'm a real slow learner. <laughs> right? right. I love to be the student, but it's going to take me a long time to figure things out. So I like that you could recognize that or that you knew that, like that, that was a the part of, of your awareness.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, again, it's not like I would have been able to, um, recite that back Mm -hmm. to anyone. Like what is your, you know, program and structure for recovery? Well, I, you know, do this and this and this, you know, I didn't have, um, language or there wasn't a schedule or anything like that. It, I was just doing that intuitively Mm -hmm. now had, you know, there also wasn't, um, there, you know, when we got sober or when I got sober in 2014, there wasn't like recovery coaches and mentors and and um, women that I could turn to that would um, present these, you know, present recovery through a holistic lens like there are now. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would have um, responded well to um, someone maybe if that had been available, that would have said, you know, it's going to feel clunky and um it's not going to feel natural at first but it will serve you in the end yeah. <laughs> if you take 10 minutes to sit with your thoughts in the morning if you go for a walk in the evening if you eat more vegetables than you do candy you know like i mm-hmm. may have responded well to that i, I mean i don't know right
1: But you're right. It's a different space. Just in six years, look what has happened in the recovery Uh, movement. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching at the beginning of my recovery, um, a documentary, um, the anonymous people, and it was Mm -hmm. about recovering out loud. And I thought that was just kind of shocking, you know, like, Whoa, this is right when I got, when I got sober. And now it's like that, that's not a very shocking documentary to me because (laughs) I don't see any other way than to recover out loud um, and try try to help another person. That's in my makeup. Like that. I feel like I want to be of service.
0: Right. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Right. When we were talking about compartmentalization, yeah, you, I can only do that temporarily Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, eventually. And I think that this just comes again from from evolving, from changing, you move towards a place of integration. Mm. I think it's by nature.
1: And do you, I mean, just because uh, this is how I think for me, for mine, I do feel like the five year mark was this kind of demarcation of going, okay, I can rest a little bit, like, in knowing that I can trust myself. It took me a while. Do you feel like there was any kind of mile marker for you or, or milestone or something, or was it just all fluid in the kind of, you were just following your intuition?
0: I think it was really fluid. I mean, I think every year I felt a little more empowered. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly can't say, you know, that it happened, you know, at three year, you know, at the three year mark But mm-hmm. I, th- I think it was more, yeah, I think it was more uh, progressive, just, um, just like I've, you know, kind of phased out, <laughs> phased out of 12 step that also it's, it's not been, um, yeah, like we talked about at the top of the show, it's just not been linear for mm-hmm. me. Um, where I've reached these milestones and I could tell you exactly when it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, It's only really in the reflection for me that, you know, I can, it becomes more clear. Hmm. Yeah. And again, clarity
1: and just having the time and space and having this be an important thing that we even think about. Right. I don't, I don't think about every day my path. But when i stop and pause and do right i get these little nuggets you know and i feel like that's what i like about being sober that's what i like living my life without alcohol is that i have some time to think about these things whereas i was just going before and and it was groundhog day right it just was the same thing over and over and i never got to go deep and it sounds like with your recovery. Cause I know you've shared, you know, you had your school of Krista Tippett and the on being podcast, right? Um, right? You had your best friend Krista in your ears, <laughs> those first few months of recovery, listening to on being really soaking it up and listening to yourself about what you needed. You needed, yeah. and you, and I, I see that you still do that. Like you've taken a, um, it seems to me that you've taken, uh, like holistic that the word that you use you're doing this holistic kind of um, approach or just embodying it's you're embodied now you're embodied by mind body spirit practices and what was there a big tool in that regard that helped you um go down that path I mean I know you're saying you were kind of doing it all along but was there a teacher or
0: something a catalyst for this hmm. um Wow, that one caught me off guard. Oh, sorry. There probably there probably is, and I just can't think of. I can't name a specific um, teacher, but I think it's you know when um, when I uh, when I was drinking when. Uh, there was like a party or something to get ready for. I would feel this like excitement in my stomach that it almost sometimes would make my jaw sh- 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 like chatter. <laughs> and, um, and I always thought, oh, this is my excitement to get this party started. And, um, I would, you know, go, you know, some people call it preload and I would start, you know, drinking while I was getting dressed. And for me, like, I thought that that was, um, uh, calming myself, calming my, tempering my excitement for this, you know party the so- social gathering and so i have this like energy in me that i need to expel mm-hmm. and i've always had it um and i've and and so i uh, and and so i again intuitively knew and i've always been a i've always you know it's not like I've ever been like really into fitness per se, you know, it's never been the, um, model of fitness or anything, but I've always, um, had, had an urge to move my body. Uh, and so I knew that that's what I needed to do. I just knew that that's what I needed to do when I quit drinking. It's like, I have to expel this energy, um, whether it be um, anger, (laughs) excitement, joy, um, anxiety, whatever. That's the only way I know how to expel it.
1: Right. Do you think that um, from from where I sit, Sandra, uh, I feel like Charlotte Castle's book you've mentioned several times on the podcast, I feel like something clicked with you in a way that I could see something in you shift. Yes. (laughs) The way that you were speaking and the way that you started working with women and the group that was formed. I don't know how many people are in the group that you, that you formed for the, for that book. If you could say the name of that book again for listeners. Yeah.
0: It's called many roads, one journey moving beyond the 12 steps. And it's by Dr. Charlotte Castle. When I started that book, I finally had some language around what I had felt in AA. Mm -hmm. And, um, when, like you mentioned at the top of the show about, you know, kind of compartmentalizing trauma or putting aside your feelings of, of, um, you know, systems, patriarchal systems that are seemingly out of our control, you know, putting that, putting those feelings aside to get through those 12 steps. But those things not really being addressed, um, like I did not have language around that until I started reading her book. And it was like, oh, okay, now this, this is for me, this, this program that's, and she's not like laying out a program, she's a psychologist, but this understands me. I mean mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's the reason why I only see female doctors because we have an unspoken language, right yeah You're we right. understand each other we under- we have we share the same body um it's probably the reason why I prefer female musicians and singers mm-hmm. over men <laughs> mm-hmm. We have an economy of language we understand each other mm-hmm. and um and then, so I felt like this book of recovery understands me, because this is coming from a female perspective. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I, I I'm very interested in reading
1: the book, and I feel, uh, I feel like
0: it's an invitation by you talking about it. So that's good. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, um, and again, I, I think. I may change again. Mm-hmm. I may decide I need to get back in there, in, mm-hmm. into the rooms. Um, again, why I never, I I learned not to make absolutes, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because um, it's nothing is black and white the freedom is in the, the nuance and the paradox and the middle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, um, I'm, you know, I may need to get, I may need to go back at some point. I may feel like it's calling, you know, the rooms are calling me back in Mm -hmm. and, um, because I'm certain that I will change. Again. that's the only
1: thing that's certain. right? right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the beauty. Of, and that's the beauty of, I think you're saying like no absolutes because, uh, when we operate in an absolute I do feel like that's fear. Like if you make, you're trying to protect yourself if you're, if you're operating in absolutes. Right. Um, and
0: I, yeah. And I think what I was trying to come to is that I think you can, um, You know, for this is not a call for everyone to leave their 12 step (laughs) programs. I think you can do a a variety of things. Um for me, I uh I I can multitask to a point. You know, at some point then I'm I'm if I'm putting time into something, that means I'm taking away time from something else. Mm -hmm. And um so I have phased out for the moment (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I think you you can you know you can hold two things in your hand two seemingly different things in one hand
1: yeah I like that and that and that's and that's actually just really listening to yourself and that's just really telling the truth and it doesn't have to be all wrapped up with a bow yeah have to be one or the other and that's what I think is beautiful about um having these conversations with you and having the community that we have with the podcast, doing our weekly calls with our, with our listeners on Sundays, Sunday mornings, we do that. Um, I feel connected. I feel heard. I feel like there's no dogma in there in those chats it's women supporting women, which feels just so beautiful to me and people just trying to, you know, be human and and just their flaws and all and just being vulnerable with each other. And I feel like when you're that way, Sandra, when I'm that way, um, we can, we can make it safe for women to be that way. Right. It gives permission for, yeah. Yeah. And that's why, um, I don't know. I think it was important to have this conversation today and to share with the ladies that it's not all black and white
0: and it's not all, one program or this or that program. and yeah. yeah yeah no no and again you know i i'm not saying anything about aa that hasn't been said <laughs> right. right absolutely <laughs> you know the, so i would never pit one thing against another um mm-hmm. i have i have no dogs in that race whatsoever <laughs> i love your saying, sandra <laughs> Oh, no,
1: absolutely. I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Well, well, is there anything that we didn't touch on or that I didn't ask or that you want to? I don't
0: think so. I mean, I think, yeah, um, I'm glad that we had this conversation. I felt like, uh, you know, I've, I've probably, you know, been saying it a little bit here and there, but I haven't, you know, come come to the confessional yes
1: <laughs> <laughs> well no and I think because of what we do you know sometimes when we were going through like what can we talk about what can a show topic be and stuff it's like maybe because we've been doing this for so long it was like it was almost like again go back to basics right like what was the beginning? And I know that we've grown a lot in the last three years. I'm very proud of the growth uh, that I've made personally. And I'm sure you are as well. Like this is something to talk about and be celebrated. And if you're new and you're listening, you know, hope that they can get something out of that. If you've been listening for a while and you're feeling like maybe you, you need to shift or add something in to your recovery or switch it up or try something new, I hope that they do. I mean, to be curious and to be kind of guiding your own recovery, it's up to, uh, nobody else is doing it. That's not anybody else's job. It's, like you said, that's an right. inside job. <laughs>
0: that, an that's inside my job. job. <laughs> it's an inside job and it keeps us unstuck just in general. Right. Yeah. Um, you get the mind, you, it, it creates a growth mindset. I, I would say borrowing yeah. from uh, what's her name, Carol Dweck. I think it creates a growth mindset when something stops working you can pivot. There's plenty of
1: places to pivot towards. Well, I think just as much as, um, you know, you've kind of used that phrase multi-passionate. I definitely feel like I am multi-passionate with what I'm interested in about recovery. And Mm. it sounds like that's just, I mean, that can go across the board in life that term, right? I mean, just be interested, just be interested in what you're interested in. Yes. And the rest will kind of unfold and you'll get to follow this. Like you said, the breadcrumbs, And then if that's not the way, then you go down looking for another way. Right. Uh, Taking charge of your recovery or taking ownership or um, not being a sheep for me, because I have the tendency, I have the sheep gene um, from growing up that felt safe to me. Mm -hmm. And
0: um, that's changing. So, yeah. Well, I can't wait to talk to you about how exactly that is changing.
1: Yeah. That'll be next week, my dear. Yes. That'll be the day before my 50th birthday. Oh, <laughs> gosh. My last day of my 40s. We'll, we'll be be talking about that. Well, good. Well, we're not going to do a toolbox today because we felt like this was a whole toolbox of just things yeah. you know, and ways that you've done things. And I really appreciate your transparency, Sandra, and um, talking about this because I, I don't hear a lot of people talking like this. And I, I knew I would want to listen to this episode. Well, thanks for letting
0: me. Yeah, oh,
1: we'll go have a great day. Okay, bye. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier.